doing, hey, can we make Crouching Tiger? Can we do our own slow-mo kung fu movie? Or martial arts, I should say. So the fact that uh, we got The Matrix, and I didn't even realize that The Matrix came out in 99. I thought it came out in 2000. Yeah, Crouch- That's I, fucking wild. I think Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is far newer than people give it credit for. Or older. Uh, 2000 and 2000. No, I, I, for whatever reason, when I first watched Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, I thought it was like... Um, like, I thought it was old when I was young. Right. That's what I. That's but it wasn't. Right. 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 <laughs> yes, I remember watching it and thinking, uh, being surprised that it had come out just late earlier that year. Yeah. I didn't even. Yeah, that didn't. It, to me, I didn't even know about that until I was like a month ago, years old. Right. See, it's just it's just until wild. Was today, years old. It's wild because of uh, the slow motion shots, those slow motion action shots that we get nowadays, and we take so for granted because when matrix came out then crushing tiger came out and then everybody started doing the like sound effects slow motion bullet time i don't, bullet I don't time. think matrix got matrix got famous for bullet time but they also got famous for the rapping bullet time right it was like the bullet time while they moved where they have around, the, while yeah. they moved around it wasn't just slow-mo they've done right. slow-mo for years it was the rapping effect Did, okay so then what was the first slow-mo movie and this is just, this doesn't even have to do with I think the podcast. A- this is just in general, like, because I know Matrix really were like, this is going to blow your mind. You need to watch the Matrix. There's a slow-mo, like a slow-mo, like Indian, or not, there's a slow-mo martial arts fight and it's fucking crazy, right? And then you get to Mar- uh, Crushing Tiger and they slightly do it better. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. The Voyage de la, de la Lune. Yeah. Voyage to the Moon. Voyage to the Moon. Was the first slow motion movie. Because like, it was like the first that used all the special effects that we know today. Right. That was the whole feature of the movie too. It was like, come see everything. That, yeah. was, that was the one it was famous for the shot with the rocket in the moon's eyes. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So this is even pulling further back effects. to French films. Wow. It's all connected. It's all Look at that. connected. It's all fucking connected. Mais right. Monsieur, c'est le français. All right. Well, so we got... this is the official opening. Right. Uh, so I've got to ask. Today is another Raised by Spoilers. Howdy, everybody. We got you back. Hello. With another movie that you shoved down my throat. I did. I, I, um, actually a lot of, I want to say a lot of the guys on the original podcast, the Ronin Geek yep. podcast, uh, all agreed with me. Not necessarily saying that this movie will change your life, but it is definitely worth a watch. Yeah. This, so first of all, I want to, we've also got another guest here that's never been on the podcast. I don't think. Bonjour, monsieur. Uh, hi, this is, uh, Nathan. Oh, so, Rich, I think we'll let you introduce yourself again. Hi, everybody. I am Geek Movie House. Uh, I am one half of the Geek Movie House right now with me. Um, my name's Rich. I kind of throw weird, obscure movies at Adam, and we're here doing that's, another one. That's what this is all about. And this is so I'm Plebeian Adam from the official Ronin Geek podcast. Now, one thing I want to bring up is this movie surprised me because you brought this up to me at first. Yeah. And then immediately everyone's like, oh, Adam, yeah, I know you need to watch that on Raised by Spoilers. That everyone that I knew watched this. Has seen it. Has or, seen it. Or a version of it. Okay, fair enough. Right. And then even Nathan got in on this. <laughs> it's true. I watched this years and years ago. I remember being in grade school or high school when this came out. Right. This to me is a perfect Raised by Spoiler movie because apparently everyone I know has watched this but me. Which is so weird because... And it, I haven't even heard of it right now. Which is so weird because like everyone... It's so funny because of like everyone we talk about has like seen it or seen a version of this movie. But originally... This movie was hard to get. Like the movie, the copy we have right now, I got off eBay and it is the Korean version of the director's cut 
for now, not worldwide release. I want to say there's a Canadian version that has three discs and three discs. Yeah, when it was originally released released in France, it came in like a leather book. Okay, that's pretty rad. Like it was, dude. There is there is a whole cult following behind this movie. I don't think we've actually talked about the movie we're watching or we we're talking about. Holy shit, we didn't. We didn't even start with that. Well, fuck that. Hello, what everybody. Movie, what movie did you bring to me? Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Raised by Spoilers. Tonight, <laughs> we are watching or talking about. So what we're going to ask is pause it. Go look it up. I believe it is on Shutter, But we are reviewing and unpacking um, Brotherhood of the Wolf. Yeah. What a what a crazy movie. Came out in 2001. It's a French period horror drama. Hence the introduction in French. Wee eh, wee. Oui, oui. um, <laughs> I think this movie is very interesting because it... It brought forth, there's a lot of known actors on here. Yep. And yet I had never bloody heard of this thing. It was kind of big. Not re- like it is, but it isn't. It's, we- it's weird. It's a movie that kind of faded away. All right. So you, I've watched this movie the most recently. Right. You, I think you, I don't know if you never got a chance to really rewatch it like in the last week or two because I stole your copy. It's all good. I'm you good. I've watched this movie a lot. I'm a plus. I've watched it once, and you are all going to get a deep dive on how the geek movie house no brain way. works because I can probably do it shot for shot right now. All right, why don't you go ahead and give us a rundown? Oh of this movie. boy. Okay. So, uh, with the worst, and we're gonna do it as loosely as we can. Uh, Le Pacte de Loups is a French film. Uh, came in 2001. It is based off of the folklore or uh, tales uh, back in the 17th century, not 18th century. It says that on the Wikipedia. Um, but pretty much the government calls in monster hunters to deal with. And not the kind of monster hunters that fight with big swords. Yeah, we don't have Jerry Riviera. They're more like out. naturalists. They're naturalists. They are very much naturalists. Very, very yeah. much naturalists. Uh, to come in and deal with a problem. Uh, for some reason, uh, poor people, mainly, and let's call them uh, traveling people, uh, Romanian people. Yeah, traveling people. Romani. Work, Romani. Romani people and traveling people. Got it. Right. Okay. Let's just... But not... Let's, yeah. Not, there's, a, there's, like a, but, there's like a... There's like a... Ha ha ha. And then but, there's but, like... But, and I learned this uh, from uh, somebody who lives in Ireland. Never, ever call them travelers because that's the N word. Right. Closer to the mic. Uh, and there's a whole emphasis. Oh, man, I'm going to go all over the place. I'm already spinning out of control. Are you ready? Uh, there's a whole emphasis here on um, the poor or it's not the, the beast. It's the not poor. the beast. It's the traveling people. It's the Romani people. They're the problem. Okay. They're why these people are every the whole plot of the movie is falling apart. Really? You got this? The, I, I never got that from this at all. Well, it's the same thing. Oh, dude, there's a lot. There's a lot there. That's how it all... We're all over the place already. We got to do the plot and then we'll okay. discuss. Let's start. Yeah, because there's the so start. much. There's so much to even... Adam, there's so much to even... Uh, the set dressings and the costumes where the rich people are wearing red. Yeah, so and there's so much red in this film from blood to the petticoats to all of the, the dresses and stuff to uh, the peasants who are using berries to dye their clothes red to look like they have some sort of wealth on them. There's a lot to unpack in this film. Fucking dumb. Now, I do have a question in the opening scene about uh, what... Because it starts off with some Romani people getting beat up by people. Are they wearing... Women's clothes? Yeah. Yes, because the stories bouncing around and we're doing an awful job at recapping the entire movie. Do you want to start at the beginning and no, no, just no. go from there? So the stories pretty much were that women... And children, strictly uh, poor peasant-like women and children, 
we're getting attacked by the beast constantly, right? And this is why it ties back so much to uh, the French French Revolution because it shows the monarchy not taking care of the people. Sure, and this yeah. thing is just killing them off. Or at least half ass. So then the monarchy, effort. you're right, the monarchy sends in these monster hunters to be like, yo, go take care of this problem, but make it fucking quick. So they go in and you see the flex where they start killing off all of the wolves. Yeah. To yeah. be like, hey, we solved the problem. Um, they go on a massive manhunt with all the wolves and they have make a game of it and they have like a pile of wolves. Right. Um, and it is a demonstration of, hey, we are taking care of you still fall in line. Yeah, so, but it's more of a feel-good measure. Cause... So, Brother of the Wolf is starts in 1764, uh, where a mysterious beast is terrorizing the French countryside. Uh, the king s- steps up and says, deal with this. And they send in two monster hunters who are naturalists. Uh, they're, it's fun because they're actually from the Americas. Um, and they go through and trying to start unraveling this mystery of this historically quote-unquote accurate time period piece of what through uh events and word of mouth and whatever was written and documented at the time uh tells the tale of this beast just ravaging the countryside so what we run into is the first two uh, acts of this film very much are this timely period piece and a mystery and then the third act just kind of unravels and turns into this huge uh it goes from a game of thrones to an adventure to an adventure yeah it is incredibly i wouldn't even say fun as much as it's like oh everybody's in on well it. it's more it's, it starts off as a period intrigue piece and then about halfway through, it switches to i'd say mild fantasy yeah mild fantasy mild monster fantasy hunting mild fantasy horror horror action and the right. tone yeah. just changes right right you kind of get a little bit more actiony and um a little bit more explosions and stuff but you really kind of see um how much of control the monarchy are trying to hold on to their villagers and stuff like that so we kind of have this concept and long story short there's there's these two characters that are introduced at the beginning. Do you fucking remember their names? Because I don't. Uh, uh, it is the Chevalier Fonsac is the guy that looks like Brandon Fraser. Yep. How do you get that he looks like Brandon Fraser? I think he looks like Brandon Fraser. He does not look like Brandon Fraser at all. And then we have uh, go to yeah Samuel. It's it would be Gregoire de Fronsac. So Gregoire is actually Sir Gregoire. He is a knight. Oh my bad. He is oh, a knight. They called him a chevalier. Yeah, in he's the a, French. Yeah, and uh, then there is Manny, who is his sort of. You're not necessarily sure if he's his sidekick or his protector, or we've got a Han and Chewie situation. He calls him his brother. Right. Yeah, his, his they, blood. There's brother. kind of like a Green Hornet kind of vibe going on. Right. There. Right. Where he's not he as might familiar. Be a <laughs> well, and, and even then, uh, there is the mention when they have when they start introducing. Uh, the other like rich people and they kind of scoff and they look at Manny and they kind of go, Oh, he's your man. He's yeah, your boy. He's your boy. And then there's like, no, he's free. He's here on his own choice. He like, we are a team. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is the, he come qu- very quickly kiboshes all of okay. that. I have right? to confess the thing that sold this movie to me was the first opening scene. Oh, the, the first fight where scene. It's raining out. Oh, like, what a heavy, thick, deep, deep, tears of rain and there's just this villager getting his ass whooped by right. some other villagers like some woman bandits I, and it's beating up some woman right and they're just treating her like shit and these two guys you know with 
the tricorn hat. They looked like they stepped right out of Bloodborne. They did. They really did. Well, I think Bloodborne stepped out of them, but... True, with the big petticoats and petticoats up to their fucking eyeballs. And they just step off their horses, and there's this moment of just badass kung fu ass whoopery. Right. And then I feel like it never got... It only had one other fight that equaled that. That um, movie started off with a, such a bang. It does start with a bang. And then it immediately was like... Did you like the boring parts of Game of Thrones? <laughs> I did. You know what? The thing the is, period is there's, piece intrigues. Yeah. there's so much. Uh, there is so much there, I find, where, I mean, you, did you like it? Yes. Did you like Brotherhood of the Wolf? I think at the end, and I'll give my final rating, yeah. my final eyebrow rating later, but yes, I would say ultimately I did. Okay. The further away from, I find the further away from this film you get, the more, even if you decide whether to watch it again or not, you do think about it. Oh, you do sure. kind of go, fuck, right? Like, there is no, like, real solid, solid twist ending. And for everybody, I, the movie, I believe, you can stream on Shutter. It is widely released. It came out 20 years ago. They remastered it. It's on Blu-ray now. Please go watch the movie before you even listen this to this episode. This is by spoilers. It is, it is quite, quite good. I know. It's just, it's worth a viewing. Um, but when the twists start to happen, and they kind of start pulling the rug on some characters, and you're actually seeing, like, oh, fuck, it's not a werewolf. Right, brother yeah. of the wolf. This creature is killing creatures. Thing. There's there's talk, and they mention silver bullets, and they're it's all kind of tongue in cheek, and everybody's playing it incredibly close to the chest, and you're not quite sure who you can trust. And then the wheels start spinning, and the plot starts thickening, and then all of a sudden, not everybody is who you think there are, and it's not werewolves. It's they did a good thing of keeping me on my toes with that mm-hmm. because they started off when they introduced um, Greg. Sir Greg Chevalier. Chevalier. Uh, where they introduced the main character, he was at a great little dinner party where he was showing off um, furry fish. Right. As like, oh, I, you know, he's telling this. I've grand seen the tale. world. Things I've he's found in his adventures up in the Northern Americas. Yeah, and he's telling right. these great tales, and he, all these rich people are just eating it up. And basically, by the end of it, you realize he's just making fun of him. He is. Well, it he's was. He is. Them. It was uh, Jean Francois that uh, the. Aristotle's villain of the piece that pointed out was like he's fucking with you. He's fucking with you because he also was an adventurer, was a traveler, and he had gone to Africa, and he had he had also kind of been like, hey, you've been to Canada, you've been to the Americas, you haven't been to the rest of the world. It was yes, it was a great point out too. It was like, oh, you're an adventurer, you're a taxidermist, you're also an actor and a comedian, right? He is, yeah, and it is a Han Solo. It is a smug French womanizer. It is. Like, it's a fun character. He's shitty, but he's a fun he's character. Great, but they do this and they set up this great scenario where because they're like, hey, he clearly doesn't believe in supernatural beings and in monsters of right. any sort. He clearly does not believe that. But because of the way they told the tale, every time I kept switching, is it a monster or is it not? And is it a monster? Is it not? And is this his first real monster or is it just another case of? He knows it's not a real monster and it's, a, you know, and he's trying to figure it out. And they keep walking the line with magic. Yeah. And nature. Yeah. And this whole being connected with nature and uh, the spiritualism of it. Uh, Manny brings, as much as he is silent, he brings a ton to the table yep. where it is like, hey, there is this world you do not understand. And what I find so incredibly interesting with Manny is he's not the silent protagonist that's just an idiot. No. They, they don't have this. I don't want to use the, I don't want to use the trope or trope. Uh, like 
I don't want to use the trope or I want to claim like there's a lot of stereotypes of like the dumb savage. Yeah. And Manny was not that at all in the betrayal of the like he he's quiet and he's he's got it fucking figured out and there is other stuff happening. Well, I think he's the caveat to why I kept thinking this might actually be a monster. What might be a monster movie? Because he kept having these tinges of clearly he's a smart guy. Right. He's a caring person. Right. He's an intelligent person. There's a lot of intuition. There's a lot of intuition. Right. And he clearly believes in something supernatural. Right. Right. These spirits and right. things from his North American culture. Right. Right. And so you're sitting there thinking, okay, you have these two partners. One is saying supernatural doesn't exist. The other one is saying, but it does. It does. And we have to deal with it. And they're allies. Right. And now they're trying to figure out, is this problem that they're about to deal with supernatural or not? Right. And you clearly have these two opposing thoughts. Now, the Manny doesn't talk a lot, no. but you get the sense of it. Right. It's it's shown through the lens of the camera on how he investigates and deals with things. His yes. bracelet, the the weird, quiet moments of uh, his beliefs and just the, the, old, the old magic that he kind of deals yeah. with. No, you can also probably draw some parallels to the X-Files where you have a partnership where one clearly believes in the supernatural and what else is out there and the other is just a cold, hard cynic. When was this? But when, when was um, X-Files? X-Files? Oh, I don't know when X-Files was. X-Files was, was before 90, this? Oh, uh, 90... Oh, well before this. 94? All right, so this would have copied from that. All right, continue. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, that, that's all I had to say is there's some parallels to the X-Files and I want to add in this caveat. I've never actually watched the X-Files. So... <laughs> Neither have I. Jesus. So I want to just jump in quick. This film, Brother of the Wolf, uh, reflects a lot from Jaws. You get Sleepy Hollow vibes. I definitely get uh, Sleepy Hollow vibes. Where, where do you get Jaws from? Explain that to me. This creature. You never um, really see it. It's hunting. Okay. It's hunting. I see there's, there's a vibe of Jaws. I would say even Predator because uh, they're they're in the not necessarily the deep, thick forest, but they're in the wilderness trying to deal with this creature that funny? is killing them. No. I, you said Jaws, and uh, there was one scene that I saw, and it was immediately Jaws was my first thought. I think it was one of the opening ones where the monster, there's a woman climbing the rock, and the monster grabs her by the waist and is just like thrashing her around. Oh, yeah. right. And my first thought was, this is very much like Jaws. It's Jaws. And it's also Jaws because you only get a fin. You, you only get like one of the spikes. One of the spikes. You only get it slowly See, drops you those that. concepts of like hiding the beast didn't come from some clever writer, some clever filmographer that thought, I know that just barely hiding the beast is the right thing. It came from budgetary cuts. Right. They had to be budgetary. And I think they did right. the same thing because it's a goddamn 3D beast. It is, but it isn't. Jim Henson did all of the creature shop stuff. Yeah, it's he, a puppet in, in certain that scene shots. Where he was thrashing the girl. Right. It was 3D for the most right. part. Right. There are, there are a lot of shots that are 3D. Uh, we talked about this for some films, especially with 4K up resing and stuff. Oh, yeah. The nicer the resolution and the better the picture quality, you're going to start to see stuff. Oh, yeah. And a lot of movies nowadays, especially CGI, doesn't really hold up anymore. I was impressed, though, by this CG for being from the age it was. it's so dark. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's a dark movie. How do you hide a monster? Fog. Godzilla. Always in fog. Always at night. Always. I could only imagine if I, today, clearly I saw it was 3D. I mean, everything, I, I almost know everything's 3D when it's 3D, but which is pretty much everything in movies nowadays. But in this one, I could tell clearly, but I wasn't bothered by it. Most 2000 movies, I'd be like, oh, God, that's painful. This one, I went, that's pretty good. I could only imagine that if you saw this movie back then, that was impressive. I mean, you go back and watch the Morpheus heist in Matrix 1 where the helicopter crashes into the building, and that doesn't even look good anymore. Really? Yeah. Like, dude, there's some stuff where in your mind with the rose-colored glasses, you're like, 
holy shit and now you watch it again even on blu-ray or you stream it on netflix or whatever doesn't it looks like it's made in the 2000s it may looks like it was made in 98 like it just doesn't work a lot of the humans in matrix are very rubbery that's the second one oh the second one one. everyone looks like they're rubber but also you're not quite sure if people are wearing agent smith masks and standing behind them or they just clicked copy and paste for Hugo yeah. Weaving and did it a bazillion times. But they did pretty good on the graphics here, but they did keep a lot to be physical. Like, yes, absolutely. It's a lot of practical stuff for yeah, practical. Brotherhood of the Wolf. The incestual, creepy, older brother Jean-Francois. Jean-Francois, who, for the love of God, plays villains in everything, and he is <laughs> wonderful. He's a great actor. Lovely dude. Uh, the same actor, uh, Vincent Class, or... Uh, Vincent Castle. Castle? That's Castle? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Vincent Castle, uh, he did Underwater, but he also was in Beauty and the Beast by the same director. Yeah, he played Gaston. Didn't he? I thought he played the Beast. The the live act, the recent live act, the French one. Oh, no. this, okay. this Brotherhood of the Wolf. The director that did Brotherhood of the Wolf went on to make Beauty and the Beast because it's a French story. Oh uh, 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 yeah, yeah. So that whole tone and the shit. Prince. Yeah, La Bête. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Click on that quick. I know, I know we're all over the place again. I'm sorry, everybody. We'll get back. You have a tendency for this, but that's I what do. we're here for. Uh, it is this weird tone. Wow. Yeah, man. It's fucking all weird. Right. Yeah, what a- it's, I don't know if it's a musical or if it's just a dark French drama. Yeah. I. What, what year was this? Uh, 2000 and... Doesn't even... 2014. 2014. 14. PG-13. Not bad for a Beauty and the Beast story. Yeah, this is also the same guy that's in Westworld. You've seen him a lot in there. Yeah. He does yeah. a lot of stuff. Yeah. Impressive actor. Yeah. Um his little his little gimp arm so or not arm. Manny is played by Mark Demacus. Yeah. So he he is gorgeous on this movie. Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? His body, the way he moves, just the combat. Oh. Someone tell me this guy's life story because you blew my mind the other day. We uh, were just sitting there talking about hip hop apparently. Yep. And you're like, oh, by the way, because we were talking about getting ready to record this. Right. And you brought up the fact that this is the same. The what was it, Nathan? Um, the gentleman from Iron Chef. Yeah. yeah the, uh, oh, Ale Cuisine. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, he is the. Uh, I want to say he was the commissioner's nephew from the Japanese version of the Iron Chef show, which was brought to America for Iron Chef USA. So instead of biting a pepper, he would smile, wink at the camera boyishly, and take a bite out of a big old juicy apple. And he was the guy who was trying the food, and he was a judge. And yes. yeah, he was just a stand-in. The problem is, is he's just a stand-in Asian dude, so even though he's from Hawaii, he I believe. actually the nephew of the guy from the Japanese show? That's a Google. That is a Google rabbit hole. Right. I We're not going cannot down go down right now with you. <laughs> so but it's the maybe, same actor that maybe. does the Iron Chef, which is hilarious because he plays, I don't want to say Indian, but a Native American. Native American man. He plays yeah. a Native American. I think yeah. it was Iroquois if you want to get specific. Ho- yeah. Okay. And yet he's Hawaiian? I want to say he's a Hawaiian actor. So they kind of... They they did the thing, they did the thing again. But, <laughs> but the, I'm okay the, with it. Too, the the reason why though, Mark uh, Dacacos is the fucking martial arts king. Like, was he a martial artist back? He, in he click on it. He nope, is. He is like the guy. Maybe not the stunt man, but he is. Oh, he's like John Wick. He was double dragon. dragon. He was. He is oh the my guy. God. He is the guy. Go if back you, as far as you can. Assassins. See what happens. Like he is the guy, man. Oh, Agents of Shield. He is. I'm not gonna keep saying he's the guy, but like 
Mortal Kombat. Like he, yeah, he, he was a, a lot more fight choreographer. The fucking guy has he's done everything. Wow, yeah, I'm I'm impressed by that. I didn't know that so much about this guy. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm like, hey, there's gonna be people in here, and you're not gonna you're gonna be blown away because you're like, oh shit, he's in everything, or he went, he did everything, yeah, or touched these movies. Um, same thing with like Monica Bellucci. Like, there's she tons. Was the only not surprised to me. I couldn't put my finger on her. I wish I could, but um, I, <laughs> I I couldn't put my finger on where I could find where I like where I've seen her before because she's younger in this one. Right. But it turns out she was in the second Matrix, second and third Matrix, played, yeah. uh, Persephone. Yes. Yeah. 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 For Very. the French, for the Frenchman, for the Frenchman. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Fantastic actress. Holy crap. Yeah. Um, and she did a. T- she's done tons of stuff. Tons and tons of stuff. Oh, I'm sure she has. But uh, back to Brotherhood of the Wolf. So the plot: creepy, incestual older brother. Loves his sister. Uh, he spoilers is the she is the love interest for our gallant knight, and shit hits the fan when a cult is formed to build an uprising of peasants. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen this movie. Uh, build an uprising of peasants. Um, something about being backed by the pope, or the pope is against it. I can't so remember which side the pope is Marie, on. Marie, right? Marie. No, or Sylvia. 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 No, Monica Bellucci is Sylvia. Yes. Is the assassin. This is okay. So Who works at a by whorehouse. Act three, the movie goes off the fucking rails and just gets ridiculous. <laughs> so Monica Bellucci plays Sylvia, who is an assassin who works for the Pope. Yes. Directly for the Pope. And they kind of inspire this because, like, oh, we've got a new hooker here. It is Assassin's Creed where it doesn't and need. She's the best one. Yeah. It, it's Assassin's Creed better than Assassin's Creed sometimes. Yeah. Like, it's just. It just blows up and yeah she's there to stop this whole cult because apparently the pope created a sort of culty thing going on a secret society mm-hmm. to do things but against this secret pope societies things. sorry pope things pope things pope things but this <laughs> cult this secret society went too far and strayed from the pope's demands and they're trying to do really, really weird fucked up shit, right. which is why they're getting caught. And slowly overthrow the government. What, yeah. what this was about was they were going to bring in more beasts to uh, show that the king had strayed from the word of God and the beasts are Satan's punishment. Yes. And so they're just going to keep doing this over and over to show that the king uh, is self-indulgent, he's hedonistic, and he's just no longer fit to rule a God-fearing nation. Yes. Enter the French Revolution. Where the movie sort of ends. <laughs> Let them eat cake. Right? Yes, they, they do a really good job of setting up this mystery mm-hmm. of, is this, first of all, it's kind of two mysteries. It's one, is this actually a supernatural beast? Right. And Is two, it werewolves? Is it werewolves? The other one is, is it, a, who's the human actor? Who's the... Who's the evil person? Right. Who's, who's the, the head of this? Who's the head? Who's of this? the head of the cult? Because they do show off a person with the beast, right? In silhouette, and you're form. not sure if it's a man or a woman. No, nope, you're not sure. Well, all we know is he has two arms. There's a silhouette, right? There's a silhouette, which is also incredibly bloodborne. There is yes. so much that FromSoft has openly, like Miyazaki, has literally been like, "No, this is the movie. If you guys like Bloodborne, this is the fucking movie you watch." Really? This is yeah. This is what he stole from. Like, there's Berserk, <laughs> the manga and anime. And then there's this, and then more just Victorian horror. Yeah, you can copy my homework, just change it a little bit. Right, just change it a little bit until, you know, it's presentation time. Um, <laughs> but uh, even with, I mean, dude, I can go fucking off the deep end with Bloodborne. Even with the villagers, even with the weapons at the end of it, even with the beasts and the creature design, like those are just monsters you fight in the game. 
Yeah, I guess for all of it. All of it is just like, yep, that's that. Those are the weird, like, elongated. So by the end of it, you realize that it's it is um, the Vincent, uh, the Jean Francois character, right? That who does does have two arms. Everyone needs to understand one thing: we are Canadian, and we're not very good with French names. So we're we're just we're we're trained. I could pronounce them because I went to a French school. Then what are you doing? Because it's fun. What are we doing? Not why are we not doing that? Because it's fun. If you've got it, you use Gregory D. Francais. If you've got the proficiency, use it. Why are we not not rolling with the extra dice? Jean Francois. Well, then throw some. Do some fucking Jean Francois. That way we can pretend to know what we're talking about. Good. It's Gregoire de Francais. Well, thank you so much. I'm not going to do okay. Gregoire de Fronsac. Is, if you do it, then I'll fucking start doing it better. And, and it'll be great. And we'll go, ah! So it's Sylvia. Rolling ours takes a lot of effort. Now, <sighs> as a side note, I think I was telling you guys earlier about uh, how I had to watch this in French because I got the wrong copy. Is there uh, not English in that? I don't, well... There was English. You yeah, watched it in English. I watched, I watched it in, in French. I didn't watch it in English. I didn't I'm more of a, a dubs over subs kind of guy because I'm a slow reader. Oh, but, wait. No, you're right. I did watch it in French. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's only in French. Yeah, I did watch it in French. A lot of my high school French came back, and I was telling you guys earlier, I was just talking to my dog in French the rest of the night, and he was very confused. <laughs> that's fun. No, I did watch this in yeah, French. That's yeah. the thing. That was why it was like... I stopped realizing it was French after yeah. a while. Yeah. Yeah. Halfway through my first viewing, it was like, we paused it, came back, and we were like, okay, let's just keep going. Because you just kind of motor through it, and it just becomes second nature at that point. You're having such a... If, if you stopped realizing it was in French... You were whether it was a slow movie or not. You're invested in the plot. You're in, oh, I and was that's invested. the moment. That's the moment where you're like, "Oh fuck, I'm in. I'm too I deep. Was invested. I'm in too deep." <laughs> I the fact that I couldn't tell. I can predict movies pretty well. Sure, I've seen a lot of movies, mostly newer movies, but I've seen a lot of movies, and it, I can tell. I can usually figure out who and what's going on. Mm-hmm. There's kind of a I meta could to them. Not figure this out. Yeah. Well, when the arm comes out, and when it's like, "Hey, surprise! It's a lion." Well, I yeah. Hey, it's a lion, and it's like okay, cool. When they're describing the beast, and it's like, well, it's five times bigger than a dog, and it's got this long tail, and there's spikes, and there's this, and then yeah. you kind of start to see it. You're like, is it a tiger? Is it a panther? Yeah, no, they, there's they just be... bolted some armor onto a lion, right? Yeah, it's just an, it's a lion in a suit of armor. Yeah, but they also like they. I think what threw me off is they they made clear clear that Jean Francois's character was like, oh yeah, I came from Africa and I fought off a lion and so on. It tells the stories. I lost my arm to a lion. Blah, blah, blah. He's horribly scarred. He's horribly scarred. And you think, oh, the beast is a lion. And then he kind of acts like an idiot and he throws the scent off and then they show the guy with the arm. Silver bullets, the guy with the arm. Yeah, so they, they do just enough to go, is it him? But is it him? And to comment on that even, with the arm or without the arm, uh, he struggles. There is moments yeah. where he is very proud and very no, I have this. But he is, and he's got like the gun with the hook, so he yes. can still fire and shoot. But there are moments where he is incredibly soft with his sister, and yes. it's gross because it's like I'm trying to. He's trying to sleep with her, but it's it's he's incredibly soft, and it, it, there's moments of vulnerability, and you're still kind of like, is this the fucking bad guy? Because we're doing these side plots, and is this the bad guy? Is the guy that they bring in, the uh, the hunter, for the the royal hunter. Yep. Is he the bad is guy? Is he the bad guy? Uh, is Sylvia the hooker the bad is person? Is she the bad is person? Because she she's the assassin. Is she just coming and here she, trying to manipulate the entire... And this whole fucking dream, the dream sequence. The dream sequence. Yeah, where, they, where yeah. She, she had dreadlocks and she had a dagger hovering over him. And... Well, they, they do, what, opium at one point? Yeah. And then they get real fucking weird. Yep. And it's like, yeah. 
Yeah, great yeah, movie. Great fucking yeah. movie. I think they they set up a. It's one of the first times. Not one. It's not the only time, but it's one of the good times where I legitimately they set up all these characters and all these red herrings, and you legitimately have no idea which one it's going to be, and neither does the main character. No, the well, main and- character's not not he, he's not um, uh, Sherlock, where he's figured it out and he's waiting for you to catch Columbo up. Columbo or Magnum PI, he has. just doesn't. He's as blind as everybody else. This yeah. also has very much. You said Sherlock right there. I want to throw in. It, this also has very uh, Hounds of Baskerville vibes. Hmm? The Hounds yeah, of Baskerville. Yeah. Sure, it's a Sherlock Holmes oh. story. Oh. Where like a big dog is killing people. And they can't figure out where the dog is or who ha- owns the dog. Oh, okay. Kind of thing. Sure, yeah. That makes total sense. Um, So, the movie itself, ha- we watched the director's cut. Arguably, it is the only version you should watch. Uh, there are huge chunks of this movie that were taken out um, that would have made certain plots a little bit more confusing. Um, the whole scene where the king pretty much sends in the royal hunter, he goes and kills a dog and brings it back to uh, George... De- uh, oh my God, what is his Just name? Just call him Fransac. Fransac, I'm so sorry. Gregoire de Fransac. Gregoire de Fransac uh, and tells him to... The king is telling you to... Tear apart this dog, make him look like a beast, taxidermum. him. Yes. That the same thing with the furry trout. He wanted you to take this wolf that he found. Say it's over. It's make done. it a beast. Make it as ugly and beastly as you can right. so that we can say, look, we killed the thing. Right. And it's it's over. Um, that actually happened. And when they... So when they did that and they brought it back to the, present to the, the king, they said it's over. It's, it's, it's done. Um, that was taken out of the movie. That's an added like director's cut oh, scene. Really? Like there's huge plots where it's like that whole the royal hunter is just talked about. It never is actually shown. There are there are a few threads where it's like the you start to see the corruption and you okay. kind of start to see how they're trying to wrap stuff up. And those are plots that are just pulled out of the movie that the director is like, no, 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 this needs to be in the movie. Uh the other one quick thing I want to jump in is when that was presented, the gentleman who wrote Fan- or, uh, Treasure Island at the time went to go see the beast that was terrorizing France and it wasn't that big. That's what he wrote. He wrote about, I can't remember the gentleman, the the author of Treasure Island. Stevenson? Steve. Robert Stevenson. It, Robert Stevenson, probably in French, went to go see the beast that was terrorizing France and it was not as big as everyone was writing. So it was like, there's no way this is the thing. That's not that big. It. So two things. One, I did mention in this movie that I feel like this movie, I don't know... It, there are rules of movies, movies, beats, patterns, you know, the system in making a good movie. Some might say tropes. Tropes. Yeah, I don't know if tropes are the right word. Tropes are usually a negative connotation. But things like the hero's journey, a certain pattern of um, Chekhov's gun yep. is a classic Is a classic thing. This game, or this game, this movie gives us a Chekhov's gun yep. that it never shoots. Yes. Or it half fires. Or half, yeah, half fires I think is a better one. Where, you know, they show off Manny and they show off uh, Gregoire mm. and they show how fucking baller they are. Mm-hmm. And then the only other, they only show him being baller one other time, Manny. For and like that's 10 seconds. So like 10 seconds at the start and then uh, at the arena fight. Yes, the arena fight, which was pretty good. I enjoyed that. That was a great scene. That was a great scene. Right when they were doing, right near the beginning when they were doing the big hunt for all the wolves. Mm-hmm. 
And then the next time when you're like, oh, Manny's getting in his North American gear. Here we go Shit's now. going down. Yeah, he's going to be silent and deadly and just go in and wreck everybody. He's wearing everybody. a loincloth. He's wreck got his everybody. war paint on. He's yeah, got he's... his his, uh, his mall ninja axe. But yeah. unfortunately, though, you get that general sense, though, of... It's going to sound terrible, but this is how like his people lost. He's not equipped, even though he's traveled... I get that. Because, like, guns are still guns, my guy, and you can kind of go in quietly, but as soon as they find you, the whistle's getting blown. I get that, but that's not what the they were saying. The exclamation points are going off. That's not the story they were telling, and that's no. not the what they were setting up. So they, they kind of screwed that up with setting up the first scene was a baller scene, mm-hmm. and then the next time, not the next time, the, the next real time there was going to be a baller scene, the guy ends up just getting shot and dumped over a hill. By a bunch of, they allude that he was put on like a torture rack. He was tortured. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But they don't really. You get my point. Like you he, get half a second of a flashback. Yeah, you get. A, yeah, you get a half flashback of him getting tortured for days or hours or whatever yeah, it was. He just he needed to kill a bunch of people very awesomely, right? For it to be okay. The other one, they feel like they have too many scenes. There's another term for it. I I forgot to look it up since the last we were talking about it. Which is the term where if it doesn't add to the overall plot, it should not be in there. Sure. And there are things where in this one, like the... Because they they came in, then they had the hunters who all failed to find them. And then they brought in the royal hunter who failed to find them and make up a story. Uh, he found them, asterisks. Yeah, it made them make up the fake beast. They didn't need to do that. They could have just done that with the first one and cut out that whole subplot. So, quite frankly, the statement of they got rid of that during the not-director's cut sounds like I should have watched the not-director's cut. It would have been a lot better. Well, actually, let me put in uh, two things. One, they had to get rid of the first Hunter because while he was a failure at what he was doing, he did come back at the end. I think he was the guy that was running the army who arrested all the cultists wearing the red robes. So they had to establish him as, like, he wasn't a great hunter, but he was an okay guy. He's but, an ally. Yeah. He's but, an ally. And then they had to uh, establish the second hunter who forged the the beast as just a dickhead. Because there's that scene with... Works uh, for the king. Works keeps for everything king. touch. Well, there was also that scene where he's sitting in the bath and he's talking to uh, Fransac and like he's just giving Fransac the business. Like, we don't need you. Get lost. And then he tries to, you know, with that maid and she's having none of it. And he gets real <laughs> upset when she leaves. But they could have done all of that. They didn't have to add extra scenes. They could have, or at least added a lot less scenes. So we should have tried to find the regular version of the film because I feel like the director's cut does a little bit more world building. They introduce characters. They introduce a little bit more of the aspect of it. He did shoot an incredibly long format of this movie and then had to then go back down and cut it and then go back down and cut it. That's how movies are made. Yes, unless you're Zack Snyder. (laughs) <laughs> so you just keep cutting it and cutting it and cutting it. Um, that being said, that's why I keep saying, like, depending on which version of this film you've seen, the sure. Canadian version is different than the French version, which is different than the UK version, which is different than all of them. Zack and Snyder cut. The only that is the the true Zack Snyder cut is the director's cut of the film, even though it is technically the longest version of the film. The most director of cuts. Right, and that's the the tricky thing because it kept getting edited. Nice. And changed the whorehouse stuff doesn't work in certain countries. the The brothel does. The, there's so much. Yeah, they just had very different themes throughout it. Yes. Now, what did you guys think of the twist 
at the end. Okay, it's a cult. It's just a group of people, not an individual. In fact, it's like pretty much all the rich people. It's all the rich people. It's all the Follow rich people. the rich. It's always the Follow rich the people. Follow the money. It's did always it remind, the rich people. Did any of it remind you of, um, oh no, what, what was that movie of the the the, the uh, Sherbert movies? Um, sure. Hot, uh, Hot Fuzz? I was literally going to say, so before we got off, I've got written down, I got Jaws, Sleepy Hollow, Predator right yeah, creatures okay. monsters something's killing a community yep you get a little bit of sleepy hollow vibes and then you get a splash of hot fuzz ah! because of the buttery but either the buddy cop adventure mm-hmm. or the whole town's in on it and they keep yeah. trying to push back and repress the poor people yeah and it's fucked up i really wanted one of the cultists to just look at our main character and go yarp mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. also fun fact he played the hound but yes he did yeah he did. And you know what? I mean, it's a classic Victorian, not even Victorian. It would be earlier than that. It's a classic. Uh, it's a pre-revolution France. Pre-revolution France swashbuckling tale yeah. of uh, peasants and just people on an adventure. The uprising. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I think pre-uprising. I think right. it, uh, based on the age of the, because there's a gentleman in here where it, this is really all his flashback. Um, I Who think, is? Uh, Fransac. No, it's uh, Jeremy... No. Fransac is Jeremy. the gentleman. No, is, is he? No, uh, Thomas uh, Dapachier. I thought that was yeah. Fransac. See, R- Thomas Dapachier. It's oh, old Thomas Dapachier. Oh shit! You're right. I yeah. apologize. Holy cannoli! Your it, apology it, is accepted. It was a guy that he met in the yeah. Town. He, he was he was yeah. the kid that went on that that hunt where they lost Manny. Yes. yes, he's he's yes. the reason he had to leave Manny because the kid got his arm bitten. Yes. He was like I'll take care of this, yes. and then yes. Manny's left to his own devices. And right gets bodied so he's kind of writing about how it all fell apart and how the society was eating itself from the inside out but the I entire think time the uh the time difference is probably about 50 years but uh 50 years before the revolution uh yeah i want to say because the revolution was eight, 18 something i think it's kind of a story y'all don't know of, your french history neither I'm do not I. A but i think it's kind of a story of him well drop in the bucket there he's getting the revolution breaking in his door and all the peasants breaking through his door and he's kind of telling a story of like I want, bet you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> right, right. And also a, yeah, we kind of fucking deserve this. Look how we treated these people. Right. We, which is kind of his tale. But he was also like, yeah, I did my best, though. That's true. He, he was like... I've, of all the nobles, he was probably the least bad. Yeah, he, he definitely was the best of them. But I think there was a small... I think the goal of the story was to tell sort of a, yeah, we kind of deserve... Like, the, the leadership of this country deserved this because look how poorly they treated these people yeah and i'll tell you the story yeah this is how fucked up everything was this is how we got here um because there's that uh, one bit where he's talked to the second hunter and it's like yeah but if you fake the beast the beast is still gonna kill people he's like yep but it won't be the beast it'll be something completely different we'll call yeah. it a werewolf and we'll nobody will hear about it because right. peasants so right. once manny's dead and the main character kind of figures it all out and goes hunting for these cultists, figures everyone, you know, the guy with the missing arm is using his lion that he's trained to armor it up and act as the beast, whereas all the rest of the cults are sort of using him to control the lion. Right. And make the story tale. And he shows up at the cultist ritual. Mm-hmm. And first of all, I'm kind of glad they didn't turn him into a bat. Like, he's short of, he sort of sets up a scene where he's like, I'm going to avenge Manny. Right. And be this rageful wrath that no right. one could be. He kind of takes on the spirits of the thing. And but then the- he kind of just sucks at it. Which makes total sense. <laughs> yeah, because he's not Manny. He's not, and Manny. he doesn't have Manny. I mean, he's got the same. And there's war moments paint, where, like, yeah, like he kind of what is it? Like where he jumps and kind of goes like, oh fuck! Like he doesn't land it, kind of thing. Well, and, he lands it, but he just doesn't have a plan. He's just angry. Right. And before that, even though they is that before they do the funeral? 
before uh, after bef- after the funeral. That's after, after the, the funeral. funeral was so kind of at an awkward time. There is an awkward time and moment though, but it also shows like, hey, they're all grieving, and grief can breathe in a film and for a brief set, like a brief moment. About, we can talk. Well, he he also talked about how Manny's uh, culture, you have to burn the body at dawn. That's why, I think that's why he called off his uh, present slaughter. Right. And yes. had to go back to right. finish his proper business. Which gives other the other, like the cultist, chance to get away and everything starts yeah. to fall apart. And then he gets arrested, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, so there's two reveals at the end. We we know the whole rich people, all the rich people are into it and they're using this line and so on and so forth. Did anyone like Sylvia's turn and how she's, I'm going to assist you. I'm not the bad. You find out she's not, she's definitely someone of interest. Yeah. She's not the bad guy, kind of, because she is still an assassin for a secret pulp cult. Well, on top pulp of that, the, the pulp cult is saying, hey, Sylvie confirms like, this is happening all over. This yeah. is happen. This is, I am not the only agent. I am not the only cult. This is like all his plans are his plans and there are wheels spinning and this is bigger than you. Wheels yeah. within And wheels. that is the first, yeah, this is, she is really the first touchstone of like, hey, just uh, let this one go. Yeah. Let this one go. I like you. You're charming. Sex was fine. But like, <laughs> let this one go because it also, it's way bigger than you and you're not going to be able like, to do um, this. You know, when you start off in like a D&D adventure in your first, you know, zero to level five yeah is you get to the end you're like we beat the evil cult you're like oh no you beat the this one chapter chapter yeah you're not you don't know understand and then you're like oh shit i still got 10 15 more levels to go right this This is what that felt like this is only the regional manager this is regional manager (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. this is the first ex-boyfriend yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it felt really cool to know that they not only completed the story they told the story of this area but then they also were like yeah but there's more. This is nothing. There's, yeah, there's tons of stuff going on. And which... Um, and she was a baller assassin, by the way. Right, right. Um, so, twist. Sylvie works with him. Uh, it's kind of the vi- enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right. So. Uh, the older brother pulls out an arm yeah. out of nowhere. Because he's wearing a like a corset that binds his arm binds behind his, his arm, back, right. which must hurt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Reveals that he has an arm. And it's a fucked up arm. It's a fucked up gross arm. It's very pale and gross. It's uh, got like two inch long fingernails. Abducts his sister? Uh, no. Kills his sister. No. Kills his sister. No. Have I even watched this fucking movie? Uh, he, uh, I don't know how far you want to go on this podcast. Keep going. He forces himself upon the woman. So he rapes his sister. In her bedroom and leaves her there. Jesus. Uh, and I th- we find out at the end of the movie that uh, she was almost dead, but they took... Uh, at the end, Gregoire de Fransac finds Manny's bracelet full of the magic right. healing dust yeah. and heals her yeah. through plot armor. And the well, uh, the Thomas Dapache in his uh, reminiscence talks about how um, I haven't seen them in so many years, but I could only hope they're happy. But I, Probably I, not knowing the Fransac. French Revolution. And, well, the French Revolution and now Fransac was throughout the entire movie oh yeah he's he, a womanizer he's had he's yeah. bouncing around he had he's two like women yeah, the whole time, i'm in love is... with you bye i'm in love with you i'm gonna go stay at the whore right house. i'll be back i'm Monica staying at it yeah can you just uh, well first of all forward uh, all of my mail the first time <laughs> the first time we saw the whorehouse uh based on what i know about the 1700s and they had those powdered wigs and yeah. you walk into the whorehouse my first thought was syphilis oh yeah oh, oh yeah God. oh they all die yeah no the brothels as much as they're trying to keep the brothels clean as clean as possible and stuff it's not so it's not the woman resurrecting thing actually i kind of like that because the entire movie 
was this Manny believes in the supernatural and Gregoire does not. And so this whole journey is, is there magic? Is there not? Is this a beast? Is it not? And you end up going on this journey where Gregoire is right. It's not a beast. It's man. It's man-made bullshit. But, but almost right does. at the end, Manny's little bracelet goes, yeah, but don't lose but the magic. Was it, but was it? Smiling with the camera. It was like medicine. Was it medicine powder? Was it no, magic it's, powder? It's just little. Don't yeah. know. Ghost. Or uh, with magic she, got... Sylvia, when she broke him out of prison, uh, Ghost spoiler, somewhere. he goes to prison. Um, she makes it look like he's dead. And they do a little Romeo and Juliet thing where he takes the poison and he's dead. They bury him and she digs him up and I assume gives him the antidote or yep. it wears off or something. Wears something off. Like that. So, holy shit. So, Fronsac almost goes through a supernatural event. He now he's fighting a man with, who just grew an arm. Yeah, and we've got Which, the, by the ivy. Way, was the, the dumbest hide I've ever seen. I mean, the corset thing works in a way. Yeah, but why it's did he? Why was he hiding his arm? Who was he hiding his arm? From? I, that's what's going to be my question. Like, because I think he was what he was the fall guy. Dude, who's going to go? Oh, the guy with the bunk arm is clearly the one leading the the lion. Which, think, if you if you were to find out this guy outside of this mystery had was faking missing an arm, you would then suspect that he was up to something because why would you fake an arm yeah it did it made it was all you guys have never faked an arm before you ain't living that's all (laughs) i can say it was a red herring that they tried to throw in there just so you wouldn't it it was here's the deal it was a herring of a red herring yeah it was a plot for us as the viewers right not a plot that made sense within the movie sure but it was cool when he pulled out his arm and then he had the ivy blade from soul caliber the ivy blade kicked the shit out of everybody's ass and they had to do that not practically (laughs) But they had to do that CGI because yeah. if realistically, the, everyone would have gotten hurt. You yeah, can't yeah. have something like that. Sure. The way they're throwing that around, like you can't have blades on a whip. You can't have a blade on a whip, which Even is still rubber, incredibly. You're still gonna like if that at the end of that whip. You hit someone with that that's, rubber. Your eye, it's done. gone. Um, so that also touches on very, very bloodborne. That fight where they're bouncing around, just oh, awesome. It was, it was great. It was. A guy who's a scholar, not very particularly good at combat, but angry. Right. Versus a dude who was once good at combat, but is now missing an arm and is, you know, sub his prime. He's like but an uppity he, noble who doesn't really, like, he's, I don't think he's ever really had hardship aside from running to the lion that one time. Yeah, probably So not. do you guys think that he kept that arm hidden forever or when he's with his cultists? Because when he, he's out with the beast, the arm's free. Um, so is he practicing does he he's taking this lion because the whole story and the whole reason why he uh uh, not manny uh fronsac finds out who killed manny is because of the silver bullets yeah he he pulls a silver bullet out of manny's back and he really only uses silver bullets just to show off what he can do because oh i like to sign my shots so i'm gonna use silver bullets because i just roll that way Right, because I'm rich. Which it's was like, the oh. touchstone and the joke of, what do you think it's a vampire? Uh, not a vampire. A what do you think it's a werewolf? Right, and it's like, well, I'm using silver bullets because I'm that rich and I don't give a shit. Yeah, they do make that. I do like that they give that red herring as well about the werewolf thing. Like, mm-hmm. I use silver bullets, and you're thinking that's going to be the Chekhov's gun. Chekhov's gun. gun. There it is, and it does fire. We got to come back it to does get play that off. Right, we have. It's just get... not the way we expect. Exactly, which is great. That those, those are the little nuggets of like, right. this is awesome. Like, there's clearly features of this that are awesome. Right. So. Let's dial it back just quick because I think we got, got the plot wrapped up. What do you think of the costumes? Amazing. On all accounts. All accounts. Yep. The props Monica themselves. Monica Belushi's outfit was just amazingly done. The trench Their, coats in the rain. The trench coats in the rain and the trihorn. Oh, so cool. Very French. Very red. Uh, very period piece. Every frame of this film, uh, whether you liked it or not, very almost like a painting. Yes. Um, very much like a painting, actually. I shouldn't say not very much, but uh, a painting. 
the props are great. The beast itself, when it's practical, looks incredible. Holds up. Jim Henson creature. They always do. Creature shop. Jim Henson's Jim Henson. You can't. Like, come on now. Uh, a little long, yes. Uh, I definitely will watch it. this movie again. I would definitely put it up with Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's less of a Van Helsing or the remake of Denicio del Toro and Anthony Hopkins. Damn, yeah, you're right. Where, it is in that same vein. Uh, it's a little bit less of Benicio del Toro and Anthony Hopkins, The Wolfman, where yeah. it ends with this big CGI action set piece as much as it is a fight scene with a little bit of CGI props. But uh, overall, fucking great French movie. I think it's awesome. Just a great movie. Now, there was a little uh, tidbit at the end. I don't know if uh, when they're letting Manny's ashes off the side of the boat, when they're on their adventure to go away from France, uh, the name of the boat was uh, Frère Lou, which uh, translates to Brother Wolf. Oh, very nice. nice. Very nice. Who in the film had the best eyebrows? Well, let's bring up, the, bring up some pictures. Oh, my God. All oh, right. my God. Off memory. Jesus. Fine. I'll just go off the, uh, just go off the cover. Uh, I'm going to have to go with. Manny. You want Manny's eyebrows? He's a handsome gentleman. Manny's got some great eyebrows. I also will second Manny with his eyebrows, but I will say, yeah, no, Manny. Oh, I was going to go with Monica. I was also going to go with Monica. I was also going to go. She's got some thick eyebrows. She's got some great eyebrows. Now, uh, Emily's not half bad neither. She's got some solid eyebrows. When (laughs) we get to Dune, you'll understand the joke more and you'll be like, I know exactly who we're going to pick. And <laughs> oh, God. I cannot wait to do Dune with you. So for understand, I have watched a little bit of Dune. Okay. But never gotten through it. I've always fallen asleep watching it. Now, are that we talking is, about the movie or the series? That the movie. The movie. Right. So here's the thing. Ladies and gentlemen, this was lovely. That was Brotherhood of the Wolf. Next episode. Okay. We're going to watch Dune. We're going to do Dune. Oh, we're we're going to talk about homework. Dune. We're going to talk about Dune. Not the new one. No. 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 I've already watched David that. Lynch. David Lynch's version. Twin Peaks, Blue Velvet. Yes. Have you seen any David Lynch films? Oh, for sure. Okay. I was just I asking. Yeah. Sometimes they're a, little, they're a little too fucking weird for people. No, I here's the eraser head, like every once in a while I'm very confused because this is what raised by spoilers is, Nathan. Is every single time I come to the place, I think I've watched a lot of movies. And I have. I quite frankly I have. But there's always someone that shows up and goes, Well, did you watch this one? And everyone I know has watched it but me. Hmm. So that's what this is about. That's why these are being brought up. Well, it's more or less my life. Whenever somebody's like, oh, this movie, everybody's watching. I'm like, I haven't seen it. but It's been very lovely talking about uh, being in this brotherhood. Of the wolves. Yeah. The wolves. We just have a bunch of wolves in here scraping it up. It smells awful. So let's go around again. Nathan, who are you? Uh, this has been Nathan, and I've had a lot of fun tonight. Good. Nathan, first of all, thanks for coming on. Of course. This has been lovely. I'm having a blast. I think movies are a lot of fun, and I think we should all watch more movies and put our phones down as much as possible. Uh, I am Rich. I'm at Geek Movie House. You can hit me up on all the social medias. And uh, please request some films, even if we're missing some, because we'd love to hear what you think we haven't seen or something that we completely maybe have missed and should watch. Yes, join us on our Discord. We are on the Ronin Geek Discord. Links are always in the show notes. Awesome. So thank you very much. This is Plubby and Adam. 